This is the Dynamic Thinking Project, themindtechinstitute.com. This episode might be a little bit sensitive to some sensitive people. So I do apologize in advance if you get a bit offended during this episode. But if you're familiar with this podcast, then you would know that we're not here to tickle people while they are in their comfort zone. We are here to push people out of their comfort zone to develop themselves and expand their comfort zone. And that's how you will see how big the world is. And then you can say, yesterday I was and now I am. Because, you know, there are many people have their yesterday and today and tomorrow as yesterday. Nothing changes, nor it will ever change for a very simple reason. They expect the whole world to change for them while they are in their comfort zone and don't want to change. A mixture of laziness, low self-esteem and insecurity as the letter is our topic today. Everyone feels insecure from time to time. Maybe in certain situations, you may feel that you're not as attractive, intelligent, uh, you're underachieved or well situated in life as you could be. And when you compare yourself to people around you, to people uh, that you know, to your friends, um, family members, colleagues or people around you in general, those people or some of them can make you even feel worse. Some people compensate for insecurities by trying to show that they are better than others. They may constantly brag about their achievements. They remind others about their success, even if others are very well aware of these, or even dismiss their friends and family members. The psychologist Alfred Adler, who coined the term inferiority complex, referred to this tendency as striving for superiority. In the worst case scenario, striving for superiority means that you're stepping on the feeling of those around you and dismiss them or how they feel. So the only way you can make yourself feel bigger is sadly by making them feel smaller. We now think of this striving for superiority as a feature of narcissistic personality disorder or NPD. That deviation in normal development that results in a person's constant search to boost their self-esteem. The two kinds of narcissists are the grandiose or those who uh, feel super entitled and the vulnerable, such as those who show confidence or courage to impress or intimidate, but feel weak and helpless under that mask. So those vulnerables, they use a mask of, let's say, um, a macho man or whatever mask they use, just to hide their weaknesses behind the mask. Some may argue that at their core, both types of narcissists have a weak sense of self-esteem, but the grandiose narcissist may just be better at the cover-up. In either cases, when you're dealing with someone who's making you feel inferior, 
there is a good chance that narcissism is the cause. Looking at self-efficacy or the um, the feeling that you can reach your desired goals, the overt narcissists also won the day compared to their um, more hypersensitive and insecure counterparts. In particular for overt narcissists, the need to have power over others seem to give them the uh, sense that they could accomplish anything. The Brooks study provides some clues into what makes up the narcissist's personality. It can also offer insight into the ways you can interpret the actions or the behavior of a narcissistic friend, a co-worker or a partner through examining their insecurities. Now, I'm going to share with you four clues of how to interpret the actions or behavior of narcissists. However, before I do that, I would like to remind you that I'm sharing knowledge here with you for your self-development and not to go out and start judging others. We always look at personalities and behaviors from a case study point of view and not from a judgmental spectrum. Otherwise, we'll be the insecure narcissist here to know more about what judging others is. Please listen to episode 12 and as you see that most of the episodes are well designed as sequential series, but not necessarily connected, but certainly climbing the ladder step by step to be the best for ourselves and for the world. Going back to the Brooks study, which gives us um, four clues of how to interpret the actions or behaviors of narcissists. The first clue is, the insecure person tries to make you feel insecure yourself. And I am sure you know at least one person like that. And this is how it goes. When you start to question your own self-worth, is it typically around a specific person or type of person? Is that individual always broadcasting his or her strengths or achievements? If you don't feel insecure in general, but only around certain people, it's likely they are projecting their insecurities onto you. The second clue is the insecure person needs to showcase his or her accomplishments. You see, you don't necessarily have to feel insecure around someone to include that inferiorities at the heart of their behavior. People who are constantly bragging about their great lifestyle, their great elite education, or their fantastic uh, children may very well be doing so to convince themselves that they are really do have worth. The more they parade, the more they are trying to convince themselves and thus convince those who are around them. The third clue, the insecure person drops the humble brag far too often. The humble brag is um, a brag disguised as self-derogatory statement. I'm sure you've all seen these um, on Facebook or Twitter or uh, social media. Let's say Facebook. 
For example, when you have a friend on Facebook that uh, always complains about uh, all the travel that he or she does or take due the importance of their job. I'm so tired. I just came back from a long trip and I'm sure you know someone like that on Facebook. It doesn't have to be a uh, travel, but they're always complaining about something they do. And of course, they're trying to show that they have a very important job or all the time he or she has to spend time uh, watching their kids play. And by the way, their kids always win games. And if the kids don't win, they will not post it on Facebook or share it uh, anyway, unless if it's a secondary gain. If you want to know more about secondary gain, uh, please refer to episode, I think 13, episode 13, to know more about it. It's very, also very interesting and very important to know about. Clue number four, and the last one, the insecure person frequently complains that things aren't good enough. For example, people high in inferiority like to show what high standards they have. You may label them as snobs, but as much as you realize that they have a mask on or they are putting an act on, it may be hard to shake the feeling that they really are better than you. What they are trying to do is to proclaim their high standards as uh, a way of asserting that not only are they better than everyone else, but that they hold themselves to a more rigorous or careful setup of self-assessment criteria. So they show you that they have high standards, they have, even if they don't, of course, it's all a mask, it's all, a, it's all an act. And of course, the whole meaning of that, to show you that, is to show you they have high standards. Uh, that's another type of uh, narcissism. So how do people feel insecure? And how can we stop it? Obviously, every person is different because every problem has a different root cause, as how and why the problem started, followed by a trigger or a stressor, stressor in psychology. Now, some people may ask, how did insecurity lead to narcissism? Well, it's a pattern. Think of it this way. An insecure person at one stage looked at everyone else and saw them better than him or better than her. Later, he or she developed the covertly defensive attitude and, of course, the unhealthy type by looking at themselves and say, no, I'm not weak or no, I'm not too skinny, or I'm not too fat, or I'm not too short, or tall, or or whatever. That covert self-observation created a counter-thought, which is, no, I am not too skinny, I am fabulous. Now, I know you might tell me, but that's good as self-empowerment, right? And yeah, you're right. But when that self-empowerment reaches an unhealthy and unrealistic level, it starts to backfire because the truth is still residing at the back of that person's head. And it's always there. And the person is always aware of it. But he or she are in denial. 
And that's when the battle starts between the person's conscious and subconscious mind. Or the real identity and the bluff or a mask. And if you have done the hypnotherapy uh, course with us, even the hypnotherapy online training with us, you would know how important to align the work between the conscious and the subconscious mind. And by the way, that's also the reason of why motivation seminars um, have short time effect. Because at such seminars or such events, they bluff you to the maximum. They make you feel you're totally a different person. And when you go back home or a week later or two, that bluff, which is adrenaline-based, it starts to wear off as the mask they put on you at those seminars it starts to fade away. And your real face or your real identity, it will start to come back. And you go back to your old self feeling worse than before you went to that bluffing seminar or event. And um, please go back to episode four. You'll find everything in details about such seminars. And by the way, there are a few reasons which are almost universal of what causes people to feel insecure and leading to wear a mask of uh, some sort to hide their insecurities. And of course, leading to narcissism, which it becomes a habit, as I just explained. Now, these are a few reasons. The first reason is low self-esteem. Of course, there are many reasons to um, uh, how or what caused low self-esteem. But the common one these days is, for example, you become self-conscious uh, about something about you. And the media doesn't play a good role in this because they are always showing you the ideal body, how you should be. And, and of course, in reality, it's very hard to achieve that unless if you probably go to the gym every day and um, watching your food. And it is hard. It's achievable, of course. But it's not easy for everyone. And they always point a stereotype of an example or a figure of a person which everyone wants to be like. And if you're not like that or not at least similar like that, you start to feel insecure. You see, this creates a deep underlying sense of insecurity, which may make you envious, vicious or jealous towards others. When you're in a relationship with someone and a cute girl or guy walks by, you immediately notice that person. And you say to yourself that she or he is prettier than me. And you begin to wonder if your significant other realizes it too. This is the cycle of insecurity. And the moment you come to the terms with the fact that you have low self-esteem is the exact moment you should try your best to counteract it. Here's a simple solution. We have a whole online course called Life Management Training, which is a highly recommended course to build yourself from A to Z or A to Z. But for now and briefly, when you find something negative about someone else to say, stop. And understand that the only reason you are jealous is because you are uncomfortable and unhappy with yourself. Take a mirror and stare at yourself. Acknowledge all the flaws 
if you ignore how you feel and keep them hidden or suppressed. Just let it out. Cry it out if you want. You have to accept that they are part of you, something that makes you different and makes you you, the unique you. And this is what we call in NLP and hypnosis, we call that utilization. Whatever you have, you use it as you utilize it to help you in your life, whatever it is. And this is the real alchemy. If it's really serious self-esteem issue, then it's better to talk to someone qualified about it. And yes, I said qualified. Go to counseling. And um, by the way, here at the MindTech Institute, we have a whole department. We have a counseling department. You can contact us and we're happy to help you. We can do it online. You can also sign up for uh, some classes or workshops on how to learn about yourself, to improve yourself. If you keep worrying about all the girls and guys out there wanting someone else, then you're going to lose the one you have. And you will forget the most important thing. And that is, they chose you. They chose you. Reason number two is projection. The psychological phenomenon of Sigmund Freud's uh, projection principle uh, is simple. It's a defense mechanism whereby someone attributes their undesirable thoughts, thoughts, feelings, ideas to someone else. It's the expelling of your very own absence or, or shameful characteristics by attributing them to another person. When you complain about someone's negative characteristics or uh, find something unpleasant to say about someone else, you are usually the one who creates these characteristics. This is why you're able to recognize it so easily and find faults with it so quickly. And this also occurs if you've done something you consider to be wrong, like secretly flirting with another guy or another girl, or even cheating on your significant other. And then you project all of this onto your partner and then you start accusing, uh, suspect, assume that they are cheating or flirting with other people as well. This engraves a deep sense of insecurity within yourself. A simple solution for that, and of course when I say a simple solution, because once again every problem has a different root cause. And not the same solution may work with everything. It's like uh, a same medicine. Everyone reacts to the same medicine differently. But these are simple universal solutions. Now, here's a simple solution. Admit your mistakes or better say, know thyself. Don't grow into an old and miserable person surrounded by cats, making fun of everyone who passes by the window. Be mature about the situation. If you're cheating or flirting, then own up to it. If you're not happy in the relationship, then leave. Projecting your own mistakes on someone else just makes you insecure and more likely to fall into the cycle of self-loathing or self-hate. Before condemning others for, for their flaws or mistakes, you should take it upon yourself to seek guidance for the things that uh, make you unhappy. If you think someone is lying to you all the time, 
then the chances are you are the pathological untruthful tongue. Whatever you cannot accept about yourself, you blame or project it toward others. Correct your mistakes and you will see the world differently. And this is exactly what we teach in NLP, in our online NLP training. I think we have a little bit time for another reason. Um, another reason is past experiences. This extends deeper than the issues that I mentioned because it is one that can govern all of them. You see, past issues with rejection, betrayal, abandonment, and um, an abnormal childhood can influence our everyday lives. And always keep in mind that we are the product of our environment. You see, we tend to be insecure about people leaving or about someone abusing uh, our trust because we were subject to these experiences at a young age. A history of um, abuse, whether physically, psychologically, uh, verbally, emotionally, or sexually, can explain a path of insecurity that may appear to be unchangeable. And a simple solution for that is always keep in mind that the first step in overcoming this is acceptance. Denial of the past will not change anything. You have to face your past and your fears. Otherwise, history will repeat itself and make an effort to see beyond it. The second step is forgiveness. We have to forgive the people who wronged us. And forgive, as we teach in hypnotherapy, especially when we do regression, because sometimes you have all these bags from the past with people who wronged you all the time, and then you keep them or you drag them to your present. So what we need to do, we need to cut them loose by forgiving them. Now, after you forgive them, we have to forgive ourselves along the way too. And of course, I'm not saying by forgiving them or forgiving those who wronged you as you agree with them and you agree with what they did to you. No, what they did to you is wrong. What they did to you is unacceptable. So I'm not saying to to become their friends and agree with what they did. But what I'm saying is holding a grudge towards someone is like drinking poison and waiting for that person to die. I know it's not the best analogy, but I'm sure you got the point. You see, every time you find that fear creeping up on you, then try your best to shut it out. You are not making a better life for yourself and a new future by being bitter and insecure about yourself and your relationships. Talk to your significant other about your problems and seek professional help. It's totally okay. It's totally normal to talk to a psychologist or a counselor. The past is past and you cannot move on if you keep rereading the same chapter. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you can email me. The email is on our website, themindtechinstitute.com. It's all one word. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Till next time, take care.